0: The privilege of introducing our Ephesians sermon and and series. We will be in this series until I think Mother's Day. So we are diving in and digging deep into a book that is at times complex, at times confusing, Um, not one that you open up and are like, yeah, I get it, totally landed. Sometimes when I first look back at my passage that we're gonna go over today I was like what in the world this makes absolutely no sense to my Western modern mind Um, but the beauty of that is we together have been studying Ephesians we've been chewing the meat together we've been discovering new things about Paul about this letter so this is a letter um, and about its intent and purpose and so um, I'm not sure what your experience has been reading ephesians some of you are in the bible studies so you get a nice little preview i think you guys might already be past like chapter three in the women's the men are focusing on the end um but for today we're just going to intro and the beauty of ephesians is it is a letter from paul it is a book of the bible that expands and and grows as you dig into it so we're going to get a taste of what is to come as we dig deeper and deeper into it. I want to encourage you to listen and look with fresh eyes. Um, I've discovered new truths and I actually <laughs> was watching a video teaching on this book and I cried, which is like, I mean, it's a video teaching. It's not moving. It's a guy talking, a guy who knows way more about Ephesians than I'll ever know. Um, And I wept. And it's because there are new truths to discover about um, Jesus and about God in this letter. So I'm going to break down a little bit about Paul. I know we may have been introduced to him later, but I just want you to know that this book, Paul wants you, this letter, Paul wants you to have an aha moment and i was going to bring a can of aha sparkling water but did you know that they discontinued that and you really can't find it anywhere but just imagine me holding a watermelon lime aha can like to remember god wants us or paul wants us to have an aha moment about realities that exist and realities and blessings that we have that we may not be aware of or we may not have opened our eyes to he wanted the original readers to have an aha moment Um, Have you ever witnessed a baby discovering their hand for the first time? It is a powerful moment. Because that hand has existed since they were born. It existed in their mother's womb. But they will be sitting there in the bassinet, and it will come into their line of vision. And it will be absolutely life-changing. Nothing is the same no plate of food is ever safe again, this is a new reality for them that is a part of them that they can no longer ignore. That is what Ephesians is meant to be for the body of Christ, a revelation of something that has always been there for us that we may not have been aware of before. So I want to jump in to our passage for today. Um, If you'd be willing to stand as I read... Ephesians 1 3 through 14 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessings in Christ? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in Love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace who has de- a po- deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You guys can take a seat. Thanks for hanging with me there. Um, I want to first introduce you to Paul. I don't know where our familiarity was was with him, if we studied him before. I know we've probably gotten an introduction with Romans, but let's let's revisit it, because we're going to understand a little bit more his heart in this letter, which is pretty unique. Um, So Paul, also known as Rabbi Saul, experienced a conversion moment. So he was originally a Pharisee, grew up in the Jewish faith, persecuted Christians yet on his way to Damascus in Acts 9 was met by Jesus in a vision and the following events led to a radical conversion where he immediately began preaching Christ Okay, so this is a moment and that conversion they talk about it like scales fell off of his eyes so what he once saw he saw anew Um, He was actively persecuting Christians. His aha moment came when Christ radically encountered him on the road to Damascus. Um, In Galatians he says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's room and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathens. Okay, so this is him describing a little bit of what was given to him by Jesus to reveal to others. This is a triple aha moment. Because Paul has an aha moment about Jesus, who's the biggest aha we can ever encounter. And then he is empowered to go to people and reveal that to them. So we go, Paul, aha, Jesus, aha, you. You get to experience this too. This is not just for me. And this is for more than it has ever had access to it. In Acts 26, it says, Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes, aha, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. All right, so Paul has this moment he is called by God to go out and reveal Jesus Christ, not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. This is a radical expansion of God's kingdom. You could think, of, so you would think, oh, Paul's a Pharisee. He's a pretty fancy guy. Paul was a homeless church planter, essentially. Okay? Homeless church planter. His current status when writing this letter is imprisonment. And it's not a cushy prison because there were Christian prison experiments. This is a not great environment. So we have a homeless church planner with the reputation of homeless uh, persecutor turned homeless church planner who is now in prison. But man, is he passionate about you learning this and he knows that this is for you, right? I would be intimidated as one who is known as a persecutor and a prisoner To go to people and be like, I have amazing news. It's for you. Listen to me. But he was empowered by God to give this message. Paul received the revelation revelation that heaven and earth exist. And there are blessings and realities of heaven that we receive here on earth. So previous to this. Blessings and everything was reserved for the nation of Israel. They were the ones who were recipients of this. And heaven, or the kingdom of God, was something we were constantly looking towards, constantly longing for, constantly doing works to achieve. When Paul has his aha moment, it's as if heaven and earth overlap a little bit. I think of... Um, I had so many illustrations keep coming in my head, so bear with me, I'm sure they fall apart after like five seconds. But um, my daughter recently had an eye exam uh, for the first time, and I think of that moment when you're looking through that big goggly looking thing and the right lens pops in. <laughs> Elise was like, oh, that is not an H. And I was like, yeah, girlfriend, <laughs> you cannot see. Um, but now you can right this lens this reality of heaven existing right here for paul has become real it is no longer off in the distance that he can imagine it has been made real it's as if um, we we receive this imagery and teaching paul got a paul was this little stick figure and his head is like viewing the heavens his body is still existing here on earth and he gets to make connections between these two worlds that felt inaccessible and off limits and off into the future for people up until this aha moment. Paul lived in many cultures at many times. So even though we often refer to it as the Paul to Saul conversion, he was still referred to as Rabbi Saul. He was still um, viewed as a teacher to the Jewish people, while also being the Apostle Paul and a contemporary writer um, and deliverer of God's word, he wrote in a way that would be understood and meaningful to his readers, which is why it doesn't always make sense to us in English and in the way. So, let me just encourage you if you have opened up Ephesians and are like, What? You are not alone. You are not alone. But the beauty of it is when you get to understand the intentionality of Paul and his writing, you realize like what a gift he was to the kingdom of God, to meet his people and meet the people in a way that would be so meaningful for them. So we have a homeless church planter in prison, has an aha moment that he gets to share with believers in Christ. Paul even utilized language that is meant to move us. Today, it's even meant to move us. Language is meant to move us. He wants to recreate this aha moment for his readers, for them to come to revelation of the magnitude of Christ's kingdom and the realities that exist and its impact on our life. Um, So up until about... I think it's April. Oh, yeah, April 7th. (laughs) Up until April, we will just be in chapters 1 through 3. And that is a worship-filled, revelatory bunch of chapters. Then we will transition in chapters 4 through 6, which is therefore. And I'll get into that later. But so we get to just chew on what God wants to reveal to us. Uh, for these first couple sermons. But the thesis verse for all of it is this. It's, verse, it's chapter 1, verse 10. To be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So as we read each chapter, as we hear each different person preach Um, and speak this is the heart of what Paul is getting to us so today it is this run-on sentence worship-filled passage recognizing that it is God's will to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ each thing we build into points back to this verse. It's like our grounding place, Ephesians 1.10. So it will be referenced a lot throughout this series. Um, for this specific passage that I went over, which is Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, I have some notes. Um, we're a really individualized culture, and we often read the Bible pretty selfishly. Um, th- You know, it is for us, but there's often a bigger um, nature to what is happening. So in this passage, when you see the word we, and you can just kind of make this note on the side of your notes if you want to, it means Israel. When it says you, it does not mean you, Angelica. It does, but it also means y'all or yins. I did not grow up here. (laughs) So it is easier for me to say y'all, but I will contextualize to my current context, yins. Okay, so the implications of this passage are absolutely for you, but in the context of lovers and followers of Jesus Christ. It applies to us all, and it makes us have to take blinders off when we're reading these passages because we cannot ignore... um, what it means for my brother or sister beside me, or what it means to invite them into that, or them to invite you into it. So it is for you, but it's mostly for yins. Um, in the opening it says, holy ones, those are not, or saints, some translations say saints, it is the ones who are set apart in Christ. So that's yins, okay? Um both Jew and Gentile, not the modern American understanding of saints. Um, This letter is a circular letter that was found in Ephesus, not specifically for Ephesus. It was meant to go to Ephesus and then be transmitted, right? So some of Paul's letters, there were specific problems, there were specific issues within a specific church. Many manuscripts don't include for the saints in Ephesus, so it was meant to be, this is for followers of Jesus Christ. Send this, let, them, let this be revealed to followers of Christ. And every section builds upon the previous chapters. So we get to look back at our notes, dig in deeper, remind ourselves that it is because God is uniting us every time we read. And I encourage you, there are, there are chapters in Ephesians that I believe have been divisive in the church and caused disunity words theological meanings interpretations and what a tactic of the enemy to take something that was supposed to reveal the unity of the body of Christ and use it as a means to divide us no weapon formed against us shall prosper this is meant to unite us so I encourage you In that today because I think there are some words when we read them that trigger can trigger some church hurt some past arguments we've had um, some confusion let us look at this with fresh eyes and with the heart of unity all right so this today um, you can just kind of go back to Ephesians 1 for now Um, is a poem of praise to the to God for his blessings Right, So 3 through 15 is a poem of praise. It is a run-on sentence. It is one, however many verses, sentence, which is a whole lot um, to do. I did not attempt to do that, but it really messes you up even more if you try. Um, But it is a revelation to us of God's provision. Paul wants us to sit, and this is the worship piece, This is where Paul is still inviting us to worship even though there's no music and there's just a person talking which can put us to sleep. He is inviting you to wonder at what God has done for us, for all of us. He wants us to worship and be in awe of what God has done and what he has given us. It's his desire, Paul, for us to understand Jesus' life death, and resurrection, as well as the Holy Spirit's ushering in of a new creation, here and now, that was once viewed as a reality that was not for us. So God's will is to unite all things in heaven and on earth through Christ. Okay, let's break it down. Um, Aha, because of Jesus' life and death and resurrection and through the Holy Spirit, yins, are inheritors of the gospel of grace. You are inheritors of every spiritual blessing in heaven because of Jesus. Right? So the, so the opening passage, we go through what, what, what through the Father has been given to us. The Father gave us the vehicle by which we can become recipients of blessing. It was always his intention to redeem his people. And he, tr- he, he set apart vehicles throughout scripture. We see him trying to use Abraham and the nation of Israel. And ultimately he gave us Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, we are chosen. Right? So that language of Jesus was the predestined one, the vehicle by which all of us are saved. He is the chosen one and through belief in him, we are saved. So that is the aha moment. And honestly, when I hear that, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's just worship. (laughs) The natural response to receiving the reality that, that God said, I will give you a way to break down every barrier and wall, to take away everything that stood between you and the fullness of life and every spiritual blessing. It is my heart To take away all of that so that you have access to every blessing. Amen. And you. You, but you. The Father. And that means, it says through the Father, there is holiness. And I just want these words to like sit with you. We're going to expand on them, but just like sit with you a little bit. Holiness. Adoption. Acceptance. Chosen ones. He's always provided a vehicle of redemption. And for the original readers of this book, this slide's going to sort of make sense later on. It's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, for the original readers of this book, the Jews, they, they, they're like, yeah, we're chosen. We know that. But Paul is saying, no, no, no. This is for all who are in Christ. They are all holy ones now. This is not an elite title that only Jews get to hold anymore. It is one that there is an invitation here in Christ to be a holy one which is set apart for God, to be chosen, to be accepted. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being told that when you always had to look at a group of people that had something that your heart longed for and then to have Paul reveal that it was for you? I cannot even imagine. And I think we have the privilege of of knowing that reality. Back then, that would have been I mean, I would have wept I would have wept. It was for me, too. Are you? It's for me, too, to be accepted and chosen when I've watched my whole life and felt unchosen and unaccepted. So this was an invitation for the reality of the kingdom of believers to come together. Through the Son, we have redemption, forgiveness of our sins because of his blood, because of his sacrifice on the, on the cross. We get to have a knowledge of this, right? Because of Jesus, we get to have these aha moments. We get to ask for wisdom and spiritual understanding, and we have hope. Okay, so through the Son, we have redemption, a knowledge of God's will, and we have hope. And through the Holy Spirit, we have sealing, we have inheritance, and he is the promised gift by which we receive this gospel of grace. So the triune God is revealed in this run-on sentence, to tell us that we are holy ones, that we are adopted and chosen, that we have been redeemed and forgiven, that we have access to more. And his purpose is to say, look what God did. Look what God did. We're not at the, the um, perfect application of this yet. We're just sitting in the wonder and awe of everything that God, the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit did for us, the meaning of the cross. We just get to sit with it. We just get to sit with it. And that's beautiful because if I run forward without receiving this truth about my identity and my reality, if I run full force forward and try to do the things that I think God wants me to do, I will fail miserably because I will not be secure in an understanding of who I am because of Christ. So we get to dwell in the reality of heaven reality being a part of us now. We are not just looking towards it. We get to be chosen, redeemed, adopted. We get inheritance. We get blessings through Christ. And we say, thank you, Jesus. So um, I grew up, not I grew up, I studied under people who always (laughs) wanted there to be three points to a sermon. And I really, really tried to do that because it's just in my nature. Um, And I didn't. I got one. (laughs) And I think it's okay because this is one run-on sentence. This is one glorious and beautiful reality for us. But I think one is just enough. And I would have just been faking it if I tried to get two more out of it. So my point that I want us to walk away with is, Yins are blessed. Praise him. Yins are blessed. Praise him. And obviously, like, you can sit with that and really dwell on, I mean, one word, adopted. I could sit with, the idea and the reality of being an adopted and chosen one for a really long time and praise him. I can sit with blessings and, and praise him, right? So this, this is simple, but it's, it's deep too. Um, so this journey of uncovering exactly what this means to be in Christ we'll have a high invitation. So there's language in our body of high invitation and high challenge if you've been in some of the circles, right? So that means there will be a lot of look at God. Look at God for you. Look what he has done. Praise him. Praise him. And then as a result of, of what we know, there will be a, the challenge of what now? Okay, so what now what? Right? Um, but it is the heart of Paul that first the reader know exactly what God has done and be led to worship as a result. Um, Because in this culture, you know, we talk about this gospel of grace and it's really going to be broken down as we explore this, but in this culture, um, when they received a gift or when they received anything, it was it was a given that there would be some sort of response, some sort of reciprocation, right? And we don't think that way. That's not how our culture has taught us. We're supposed to be like, oh my gosh, thank you for the gift. Maybe we'll give it back, maybe not. It's like, oh, you're a great person because you gave a gift. Um, For God and for Paul, it is a no-brainer that once we fully absorb the reality of what God did in Christ for us, there will be a response. And first off, will be praise, because we can do nothing but praise. But there will be a response. There will be worship. There will be challenge. And there will be transformation. This aha moment is for us to be transformed and to respond. Um, So there will be challenge. Um, For its original readers, this was like, oh, my goodness, the body of Christ is so much bigger. This is going to take us a while. understand. Um, But it means, wow, the body of Christ comprises so much more. Um, For all of us, we get to remember that God's heart was always, always, always to invite us into his his family. That was his heart. And it always has been. And it always will be. Um, And we must understand and testify and worship what God has done for us, right? Um, and I think that when I think on this, there is a, I wish that wasn't as distracting to me as it is. (laughs) Um, for me, when I, when I sit with these things and don't truly receive them, I have this imposter syndrome moment. Um, where I see what God has maybe given me to do, how he's asked me to live or sacrifice or worship. And if I don't have a full reception of my transformation through Christ, I'm like, there's no way I can do this. I know my faults. I know like, my mode in my flesh. I know my selfishness. I know all of this how can I steward what you have given me? It's impossible. But when I worship the reality of my transformation in Christ, when that is a reality for me, I'm like, oh, right. That's how. Because God has chosen, adopted, put me in a family, given me every capacity to steward what he has given me. Um, So if, when you hear these things, if you feel a little bit of imposter syndrome, like my heart does not feel like an adopted or chosen one. My heart does not feel, or my mind, does not feel like a recipient of blessing. That one who is due an inheritance, one who is capable of doing what is going to be asked of me. If that is you in response to this, I encourage you to look around and hear the testimony of the body Of what God says about you and what God says about our body and receive it and I mean go to someone and be like I want the reality of my adoption my chosenness my inheritance to be real in my life so that my response can be honoring to the Lord not just my worship but my response um, to this reality is honoring to the Lord Listen to the testimony of the body. There are seasons of life where you will ride the faith and testimony of those around you. Um, and it is a beautiful reality of the kingdom of God, but it's why we cannot read this in the context of individual, like our individual selves. It is why we read it as a body. Um, because when I can't even stand to worship God, and, but I am standing around people who are, that is a reality that I can partner with. Um, a revelation that I can have. Um, The testimonies that are shared here with God's stories are revelations of what he has done for us that secure our identity and allow us to respond appropriately. Um, So do we walk around blind to the reality of heaven? Do we invite our neighbor or our body into the revelation of their blessing in Christ that God desired all of us to be invited into the kingdom of God, to unite us, that every word of scripture is not meant to divide, but to unite. Do we walk around in that reality? Or do we walk around looking to pick a fight (laughs) over something that God is like, my desire is for you and your brother and your sister to exist in my family today. Um, That is my desire. Is our mind and heart aware of the eternal mindset. So I think that phrase eternal mindset came from a book called The Christian Mind. The idea that once we have this aha moment, we are forever changed and we are forever walking in these dual realities of heaven and earth. Constantly being like, I see what is here, but I know what is here and I know what is real because heaven and earth are active now. Good, bad, and the ugly, right? We walk with an eternal mindset that says, I'm aware of both realities. I'm aware of what I am in Christ. I'm aware of what is set up against me. And I'm ultimately aware that it is God's will to unite us. So, what is the implication for our body today? Um, because of heaven, I am set apart and get access to God, right? That's our lens of holiness. That's a click. Of the lens, right? Because of heaven, the reality of Christ, I am set apart um, and get access to God. Lens of adoption, another click on that. um, I I don't know what that is called, if anyone knows. Um, Apart from Christ, we experience rejection, abuse, racism. Because of Christ, we are adopted and placed in a family, right? So I want you to sit with. I sat with these and was like, what reality of heaven here on earth is is unsettling to me still? Because I believe that the Lord is asking us to enter into those hard places, right? So if anything sits with you, if any lens is like, I don't see clearly. I don't see being a holy one set apart. I don't see my adoption. Um, Lens of redemption. Apart from Christ, we are separated from God and his blessings, our verdict is guilty. Because of Christ, through the blood of Jesus, we are no longer slaves to sin and death. Right? So that is the new lens of redemption that we get to walk in. We're getting some fancy glasses. Lens of knowledge. Apart from Christ, we are unaware of our purpose. Because of Christ, I'm invited to see and know God's will. It's no longer reserved for the only the ordained or only the Holy One. It is accessible to us to say Lord what is your will and him to reveal it your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven I get to point to places of unity and say there's a kingdom of God I get to point to brokenness and say your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven We are hopeful ones apart from Christ. What hope do we have? Because of Christ we have hope because He's revealed that we are all recipients of the gospel every spiritual blessing in heaven And we are united ones. Apart from Christ, I operate with blinders on, aware only of my victories and failures, missing out on the blessing that is the community of the Holy Ones, which yin's are. You get the title of Holy Ones for the entire sermon series. Um, And yeah, into eternity. Apart from Christ, I operate with blinders on, aware of only my victories and failures, missing out on the blessing that is the community of the Holy Ones. Because of Christ, I experience the blessings of sharing in the testimony of the Holy Ones. I am invited into the will of the Father, which is to unite everything on earth. And we get to flesh that out as we go on, right? We get into the nitty-gritty of these passages, but I want you, um, and John, can you <laughs> Um, I want you to sit with... You can just put the point slide up again. The other one. The yins. Thanks. I want us to sit and worship in this reality first. We'll get to the other stuff. We will get to fleshing out exactly what Paul has for us. Exactly the breadth of this aha moment. We're going to get there. But this long run-on sentence about what God has done through Christ and in the Holy Spirit, we are meant to sit in that reality and worship him first. We are meant to invite a greater understanding of our adoption, of our redemption, of our set-apartness, of our chosenness, and of the unity of the body. We get to sit with that and wherever it contradicts our reality we get to invite holy spirit to reveal truth wherever what this says about us does not seem like our reality we invite the kingdom of heaven here on earth to reveal what was actually accomplished in christ and we get to worship him and that is such a natural response what he has done. I was so excited when we were worshiping this morning because you know I got a little preview of what we were going to talk about and I got to just remember everything that I had read and written and say thank you God thank you for what you, that it was your will that we would all be sitting in this room today as chosen ones in Christ thank you Jesus so yins are blessed, praise him